It's time for the Raging Cajun Army. The only place where it's all Cajuns all the time. Kick is on its way, and the kick is good! Cajuns win! 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 A 50-yard field goal! And time expires by Brent Bear in Louisiana! And now, here's your host, Matt Miguez. of the Raging Cajun Army. I'm your host, Matt Miguez, and yesterday was a very happy day for a select group of people in Central Ohio as the Cajuns head up to Athens and defeat the Ohio Bobcats by a final score of 45-25. to The Cajuns looked convincing at times, sloppy at others. You know, we'll talk about all of that throughout the out throughout the show and to help me talk about it and, and kind of recap what happened yesterday and look forward to Georgia Southern next week to open some belt conference play is our good friend Jerry A. Bear. Jerry, what's going on, man? Oh, what's going on, bro? Uh, not too much. I'm pretty excited. Uh I was I was telling my wife yesterday I'm I'm a little bit on a high uh after such a big win. Uh we said before the game that this was or actually before the season that this was gonna be a huge litmus test, right? Ohio's gonna sort of be the tall tale. Um of you know what's gonna what's this team gonna look like and of course everybody circled Ohio on the calendar and sure enough not only did we go there to win but we went over there and won convincingly uh, so if you would have told me before the season that the Cajuns would travel up to Ohio and easily win by 20 points I would have taken that any day of the week and not only did they do that but they looked pretty good doing it at times and at times they looked a little sloppy so not only did they win by 20 points, there's still room for improvement. So no telling once this team starts to click on all strides how good they can really be. I don't think they've hit their full potential yet. And as a Cajuns fan, I actually take that as a good thing because if you're able to play a little sloppy here and there and still win by 20 points on the road against the MAC favorite, just think what, what they can do if they click on all cylinders, yep. how dangerous they can really be. Yeah, absolutely. So you great know, win for the Cajuns yesterday. We'll, Very we'll get into the We'll get into the summary right now. You know, the beginning of the game was very, very slow. Uh, you know, you had six drives to open the game, five punts, and a turnover on downs by Louisiana. And then Ohio comes out to punt. Actually, I'm sorry. No, UL punted. It was muffed by a um, by the Ohio returner, recovered by the Cajuns at the Ohio 2. And the very next play, the first play of the Louisiana possession, you know, when you have a running back like Elijah Mitchell, 
from two yards out, it's almost guaranteed Give it to you're him, getting man. six. Give it to him. He walked right in, too. Uh, he, he punched it in from two yards out. couple drives later, Ohio finally puts up some points on the board, a 10-play, 36-yard drive. And, you know, Nathan Rourke, you know, going into the game, that's kind of what we talked about him being so good at, is just, you know, making plays, extending drives, whatnot. Um, granted, they didn't get seven out of it, but they put points on the board. Their kicker, Louis Zervo, sent it from 48 yards out to make it a 7-3 to game early in the second quarter. After another Cajuns punt, again, Ohio kind of does the same thing. 10 plays, 48 yards, milk some clock, move the ball convincingly on the Cajuns defense, put another field goal to make it 7-6. to And right before the half, the Cajuns kind of had a similar drive as those two Ohio drives. 10 plays, 67 yards. Only took a minute and 53 seconds to get those 67 yards. And CVRT hit a 27-yard field goal to end the first half with a score of 10-6. to And, you know, to start the game, to start the second half, I, I, I should say, Cajuns got the ball first, you know, only up four, but you have the lead. You're getting the ball to start the second half. You're confident in what you have going if you're Billy Napier. And... You know, that first drive of the third quarter, three plays, negative 13 yards, that was that was kind of that, oh, crap, you know, what what now moment for for Louisiana. Um, you know, in, in that moment, Jerry, what were what were your thoughts after that drive, giving up the ball so so quickly to to Ohio to start the third quarter? Well, I thought, first of all, I thought in the first half the Cajuns had trouble really moving the ball down the field, right? That first, the, the first touchdown came off of a muffed return, gave the Cajuns the ball at what? The three-yard line, the two-yard line. And, yep. they, I mean, and so they were able to score from two yards out. So they really, outside of that field goal to end the first half, they really didn't sustain a long drive or produce a long drive that allowed them to get to score. So I, at halftime, I was happy that, okay, number one, they're in the lead. But number two, you know, defense is playing lights out, but also the offense is going to have to create some drives. And I even said it, I was at Pete's at the watch party yesterday and I was telling some of my friends, you know, the beauty of Billy Napier coach teams is that he his teams tend to play better in the second half. So that gave me a little bit of, of optimism. Okay, the Cajuns just kicked the field goal to go up 10-6. If they get the they get the ball back in the second half and score, that's a 17-6 game. That opens it up. But they didn't do that. And, of course, when you're on the road, that's scary, especially with the fact that Ohio had a reputation for sort of being able to do the same thing as the Cajuns, which is score some points. But luckily, um, the Cajun defense, right after that drive, they were able to step up make some plays and give the ball back to Louisiana. So Yeah, um, you know, like, like we said, three plays, negative 13 yards. Cajuns quickly punted. But then, like you just mentioned, the Cajuns defense stood up and got the ball right back for the offense. Ohio went three plays for seven yards, punted to us, and that's when the offense really started to click. Um, the, this next touchdown drive was five plays, 74 yards. And on that drive, you know, you had big plays on almost every – Every snap, mm -hmm. you know, the, the first play of the drive, Levi completes a pass to Jamarcus Bradley for 35 yards. Mm -hmm. The next play, Elijah Mitchell runs it for 19. The next play, Elijah Mitchell runs it for 12. The next play, Elijah Mitchell runs it for 6. And then finally, who else would you give it to? Elijah Mitchell punches it in from two yards out to make it a 17-6 to ball game with about 10 minutes left in the third quarter. 
And so Ohio gets the ball back here, down 11. And the the offense, you know, kind of starts to move the ball well. They get deep into the Cajuns' territory, borderline of the red zone. And then Kamar Greenhouse just comes up with a beautiful interception of Nathan Rourke, a guy who has done an excellent job in his career of keeping control of the football. Well, what made it great was um, Ohio, they were driving. I mean, they, they, they I wanted to say um, Rourke completed a few big pass plays. I mean, look, Ohio only had, I believe, what, four first downs in the first half? And on that drive alone, I believe he had back-to-back first down plays. So, like, it's 17-6. to six. The, My first reaction was, okay, it looks like Ohio's kind of running an up-tempo. They're going to find a way to score, and now it's going to be a 17-13 game and we're going to have a shootout. And sure enough, they're, they're marching down the field, and off of a botched bobble on the pass, you have you have Kamar Greenhouse that comes out of nowhere, and great concentration on his part because the ball was tipped, and the ball just kind of landed right in his hands, and he was able to, to bring it back. And, of course, one of the many penalties that, you know, the, the play gets called back, but the Cajuns still retain possession. But that was a great play because it was great concentration, and that's one of those plays that sort of turns the tide of momentum. And so here you have Ohio. They're at home. They're fixing the score, and then the Cajuns just take it back. They take the ball back. And so what made it special was what followed. Yeah, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into that right now. This drive, Cajuns get the ball at the 50. Second and 10 at the 50. Levi completes a pass to Jamal Bell for 20 yards down to the 30. First down, Louisiana. Kale gets a six-yard run to kind of open up the open up the playbook a little bit. Obviously, that play was called back by yet another penalty by Louisiana. Kale again on first and fifteen gets six yards again. So we're here at second and nine on the twenty-nine, and Levi Lewis completes a dime to Marcus Bradley. I was very disappointed that it was not on Sports Center last night. Um, but just an excellent catch by, by Jamarcus Bradley down to the three. Um, first and goal at the three, they stuff Kale for a yard. And then second and goal at the two, Levi Lewis makes that incredible fake and then finds a wide-open Nick Ralston in the corner to make it 24-6 to Louisiana. You know, we've been asking about that all game leading up to that point is when are we going to do that rollout play-action fake? Because every time they do it, we always tend to get 10 to 15 yards because Levi does a really good job on, on that play-action, and he's able to he's, – he's so elusive. That's one, of, that's one of the things I love about Levi Lewis is he's so good on a rollout where he's able to fake it, fake that handoff on one side, turn the opposite in, and just make a solid throw – into the flat. I mean, it worked against Mississippi State. Same play, Nick Ralston. And right when that happened, we knew. We see Nick Ralston run into the flat. I'm just, okay. Just like he's going to walk in. He just tosses it to Ralston. Ralston just walks in. Great play. And that's when I kind of had a feeling, okay, it's 24-6. to I think the Cajuns have a good shot at closing this out. I was starting to feel good after that one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so 24-6, the Cajuns are up, you know, handedly late in the third. But, you know, Nathan Rourke, Frank Solich, they're the type of guys, they run this type of program where they're not going to go away quietly. They marched down the field, nine plays, 75 yards. Nathan Rourke had a couple of good passing plays on this drive. He had a 26-yard completion, which got an extra 15 on a defensive pass interference. 
He completed a 29-yard pass on his drive as well. And then Javari Portis pounds it in for a one-yard touchdown. You know, he, he kind of reminds me of a of a Trey Regis. Yeah. You know, that, that big bruiser. Strong. Strong. Um, he puts it in the end zone with 18 seconds left in the third to make it a 24-12 to game. But, you know, the Cajuns' offense, with the way that they were moving, they just they can't be denied. Trey Gregus had a 22-yard run on that on that drive, and he also ended up at the end of the drive with a 15-year 15-yard scamper to pay dirt to make it 31 to 12. Punt. Levi Lewis fumble. I'm still not a hundred percent sure what happened with that fumble. Um, I don't know. It, I couldn't tell if it was a bobbled snap or if it was a bad snap or you know what it was. But that just that that did not look good for Louisiana, and the momentum actually turned for the worst for a little while there. Um, Jerry, you know, right there at the beginning of the fourth quarter, that kind of that kind of play. What what did you see? What did you think? Um. Well, from the angle on TV, I, I'm like, oh geez, it must have been a bad snap. And I think what what happened was it was a pretty hard snap. At the same time, they showed a different angle. And it looked like it hit Levi in the hands, kind of to the right of his face. So it was a high snap, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta control that. it. You gotta yeah. control it. Um, overall, I thought that was just bad communication on both ends. You know, you got one, you got some people that say, well, it was a bad snap. You got some people that say, well, Levi botched the snap. I just think overall, it's kind of like kicking, right? It's kind of like kicking a field goal. You know, like Coach Napier says, it's all three phases. It's the snapper, the holder, and the kicker. Same thing here. You got to get the snap down, and I think they'll practice that this week. And you know, I, like, off the off the turnover, Ohio cashes in two plays later with the touchdown to um, again Javari Portis running it in from three yards out, and so the Cajuns get the ball back, thirty-one to eighteen. They march down the field pretty well. They get down to the twenty, and then Stevie Artigue, the 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 missed field goals continue um he missed from 37 so you know ohio still in the ball game 31 to 18 with about eight minutes left in the game and they completely burned the defense on this next drive nathan rourke completed with shane completed to shane hooks twice one for 49 one for 21 to punch it in for for six makes it 31 to 25 with less than eight to go, the next Cajuns possession. You know they kind of they kind of milk some clock here. They take three and a half off the clock. Eight plays, six plays. I'm sorry, 75 yards. Big runs by the running backs. You know Trey Regis had a 33 yard run. Elijah Mitchell had a 22 yard run, and then from the two yard line, Elijah Mitchell gets his third. Hear me out here. His third two yard touchdown <laughs> of the yeah. game. Yeah, to make it thirty-eight to twenty-five. First play from scrimmage for Ohio, trying to trying to put something back together. Fumble recovered by Louisiana. Two plays later, they turn it into six, oh. make it forty-five to twenty-five. Next Ohio drive, an interception. Ohio, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry. You know from what you saw, but I feel like that was when Ohio really started to implode on themselves. Yes. Um, I mean, look, they were playing catch-up the entire game. Uh, when it was 31-25, I mean, they had the momentum. All they had to do was get a three and out and get the ball back, and no telling what would have happened there. Um, but I thought that they did a fantastic job. Or the Cajuns did a fantastic job keeping their poise, not not letting that 
get to them. Um, and hopefully that can be something moving forward that they can learn from on how to, how to react to adversity because they responded to adversity on that. And I think they let Ohio – they let Ohio panic, right? Yeah. It's usually the Cajuns in the past that would find a way to panic and find a way to lose. It was the opposite yesterday, and that was nice to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't know if you guys can hear in the background, we have a we have a furry visitor with us tonight here at the Raging Cajun Army. And you know, we'll we'll talk a little more after that interception. The Cajuns, Ohio gets that three and out that they needed. You know, about a drive earlier. Um, and then, you know, five plays, 27 yards, Ohio gets another, throws another interception. Um, that was the fifth turnover of the game for Ohio. And then from that point, the Cajuns took one play and kind of dropped, kind of drained the clock out to make it a final score of 45 to 25. Cajuns improved to three and one for the first time since 2012. Yeah. And you know, really the play of the game for me that stood out was when it was 31, 25, third and four. I think it was the Cajuns had the ball like on their own, I don't know. Uh, 31. 31 yard line. Okay. Well, our, th- what stuck out to me was that third and four play. I think Regis, uh, they carried it. They gave it to Regis for, he bounced off of a, of a defender and ran for like 33, 33 yards. 33 yards, yep. To me, that was the play of the game because pretty much the entire game, Ohio had seven to eight guys in the box. I want to say on that play, they had, I want to say they had seven guys in the box preparing for the run. They were ready. They were just waiting for Levi to hand the ball off. And yet the Cajun offense, the offensive line, did such a great job on the blocks. And the way that, I mean, Trey Regis just knows how to, he just knows how to bounce off defenders. And he did such a fantastic job on that and got that 33-yard run. That was huge. That turned the tide. Even being up six, that totally killed any momentum that Ohio had sniffed to that point. And so... What it told me was, regardless of, even if they prepare for the Cajun rushing attack, the Cajuns still rush on them, and it works, you know? And that's going to be something that I think the Cajun offense can use moving forward. It's like, look, you can prepare for it. You can be, you can put eight or nine men in the box. You can do what you can to set it up. We're still coming at you. And that play uh, proved that to me, and not only did it prove it, that he was able to get that first down and get those 33 yards, but that kind of that kind of halted any momentum that Ohio had because on Ohio's side, they're probably like, oh, geez, you know, we did everything we could to prepare for it, but yet we still can't stop them. Yeah. That's, he, a, that's a big that's, – that's huge. Yeah, no, definitely. That, that's a big momentum booster, especially as you head into conference play. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll kind of break down the team stats before we go into the individual. Looking at team first downs, Louisiana with 25, Ohio with 23. You're pretty dead even there. Sure. Um, one stat that's kind of glaring to me, and we'll get into the other one here in a minute, third down efficiency. The Cajuns were only 4 of 13 on third downs. You know, as, as you get into conference and you get against these teams like App State, um, Arkansas State, even Troy. Troy's got a solid defense. You have to do a better job of converting on third downs against those teams. Of course. Um, granted, you would like to keep that third, number, third down number to a minimum. Um, if you can keep converting on first and second down consistently, sure. then, I mean, fantastic. But, like, 33% on third down is just not going to cut it as, as you get deep into your conference schedule. Ohio was 5 of 15. Fourth down, the Cajuns were 0 of 1. Ohio was 1 for 1. Total yards, Louisiana 489. Ohio 380. Um, Ohio kind of kind of ran the passing game a little bit. Nathan Rourke had 277. Louisiana with 204. Um, but one thing that 
that kind of caught my eye on, on the team stats was the completion percentage for both teams. Louisiana was 20 of 30, um, about 66%. That, that's pretty that's pretty solid. Um, and then Ohio, 18 of 38. That's not normal for Nathan Rourke, a guy who prides himself on being accurate, um, taking care of the football. Having 20 incompletions really shows a testament of how well the Cajuns' defense really played yesterday. One thing's for sure about Nathan Rourke is that he looked rattled. Uh, I think the Cajun front seven did a fantastic job getting pressure to him. Even if he could, they couldn't get to him, he was throwing passes off his back foot. He was throwing passes that were inaccurate. I mean, he had probably five or six passes that were dropped, uh, mainly because either A, they were off the mark, or B, he was just rushed. And so that's a huge kudos to, to the Cajun defense, the pressure that they were able to put on them. Um, and I was really pleased. Look, the defense yesterday did a fantastic job. I mean, one of the strong points of Ohio's offense is the rushing attack. And they really, they, they didn't really run the ball. I mean, 103 yards rushing. Yeah. 103 yards rushing. That was it. And so for them to be able to hold them to that, um, I, I've said on it 20, once. On 28 attempts. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Coach Ron Roberts and his staff, he they earned their paycheck yesterday because that was a fantastic effort on the part of the defense. And, you know, let's talk about Patrick Tony's secondary group. Outstanding. Three interceptions. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think that fundamentally speak, or not, I don't know if it's fundamentals, but they're going to have to clean up a few things on in the secondary, not try to be as forceful, you know, limit the penalties. They had a few pass interference and holding calls on the secondary, but as far as playing up to the ball, as far as being aggressive, they did a fantastic job. And you know, you, you mentioned the penalties, we'll get into that in a second. Rushing stats like you said 103 for Ohio on 28 carries, 285 for the Cajuns on 46 carries. Obviously, as everybody in the country that has watched a UL game knows running the ball is their forte. It is something that they need to stick to constantly. Um, there were multiple occurrences during the game yesterday that I'm sitting there watching, and we throw a dump screen on first down, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, why? Like, they can't stop the run. Uh, clearly, we're, we're averaging 6.2 yards a carry. Run the ball. So you know that was that was kind of kind of concerning. I mean, I get the whole you know trying to catch the the defense napping, trying to keep them on their toes. But if passing's not your strong suit, stay away from it. Yeah, I agree. Espe- especially if they can't stop what you're good at. Well, you have to. Sometimes I think you do have to move. You know, you're going to have to move the ball through the air because you're going to have times where you're going to have defenses that prepare. For the run, they'll put eight or nine guys in the box and just go after you. And I think, you know, sometimes you, you have to spread it out. Um, I thought yesterday in the second half, another thing I noticed, the Cajuns are well-conditioned. Yeah, and that, that, that is a kudos to Coach Mark Hockey and his strength and conditioning staff and the way he's trained these guys in the offseason. You know, we watch those videos, those motivational videos of the, the players running up the Cajun Field Hill at 5 in the morning in January, right? Right. When you see what you saw yesterday in the fourth quarter, where That's the, a direct... offense, the offense is marching down the field. Ohio's defensive linemen are on one knee, can barely stand up, and the Cajuns are just driving and driving. That's that that goes back. That's the correlation to why the, you do those workouts, the offseason conditioning. Yep. Why you go? Why these players train at four or five o'clock in the morning and running with weights on their hands up the Cajun field steps in the Cajun field hill in the cold. That's where it pays off. 
in the trenches. That's why the Cajuns, in my opinion, are one of the most conditioned teams in, in all the country. The, in the country, yeah, G five definitely. I mean, they and they don't quit, and it's a mental edge. It's a mental edge and mental toughness that this team has. I mean, they're tough, man. They're mentally tough. I saw it yesterday. I've seen it in all four games with with them. You know, they stay focused, and, and like Coach Napier said, it's the fundamentals. It's fixing the little things, right? Correcting the little things. Sixty minutes of the game. It doesn't matter how much how how many points you're up by, or if you're trailing, you play to the final whistle, and that team. They live by that motto from what we've seen these first four games. And it's really, really, as a fan, it's really intriguing and it's it's a blessing to watch. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about the penalties now. Ohio had five for 44 yards. Louisiana, 16 for 161 too many. yards. Too many, too many, um, too many. That's, 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 yeah, that's, that's completely, completely unacceptable. Too many. Um, as, a, as, a, as a program, you know, you just – that the the discipline factor will go a long way through that through this twelve game season. So you know, sixteen penalties for one hundred and sixty one yards, that just that can't happen. Well, what's sad was two of those penalties called touchdowns back. Yeah, two touchdowns that were you know erased off the board because a hold or you off know blocking the, the back or interference. I'm like, you know, I, again, this team won by twenty, and they're still certain areas that need to be fixed. That didn't and, look good. But at the same time, you still won by 20. No, absolutely. Against, uh, you know, look, against the Mac favorite, preseason Mac favorite, and you did it at their place, and everybody kept saying again, this is the measuring stick. Ohio's going to be the big the big test. And, well, I mean, I mean keep, keep, in, keep in mind, man, they won nine games last year. And shut out and, San Diego State in the bowl game. And, and they were also undefeated at home. They haven't. I think they they were sixteen out of seventeen for home games yeah. since like they, 2015. They protect their home turf. They do. They do. And so you know, you know, coming going into that environment, which is incredibly hostile. Yeah. Um, and and playing and winning as convincingly as Louisiana did is something to look at and say, you know, this this might be one of the best teams Louisiana's had and. In a long time. It's, it's definitely yesterday's win, and I'm looking on social media, I'm talking to friends, some people who aren't even associated with UL, and it's opening eyes. You know, people saw that win, and they were very, not only impressed, but very curious about this team. Like, what what do they have that's, that's making them do what they did? And it's, as a, as a Cajuns fan, you, you can't help but feel proud of it, but... This isn't the end-all, be-all. We're, we're four games through the season. We've got a long way to go. Now we get to the bread and butter of conference. And we're still, look, we finished the non our non-conference season as at, with a 3-1 and one record. Before the season, we talked about it. I, would, I said 3-1, and one, I'd be ecstatic. 2-2 two and two at kind of what I expected. And, and our, and our and, one loss was to a solid SEC West program. And we turned the eight. ball over four times. We should have won the game. So... Now, now my next, the next phase to me besides conference is, look, we're in the middle of that four-game stretch. Go to Ohio next week. You go to Georgia Southern. The following week, you have that showdown against App State at home. And then you go to Arkansas State. If the Cajuns can at least win one of, or two of the next three, you're sitting, with a, you're sitting at five and two going into homecoming against Texas State. So... I guess the approach is you take it one again. Game, and, you, can, and you take it one game at a time, but things are looking up. You're you're at five and two with. I mean, let, let's be honest. 
pretty easy last three games. I mean, Texas State does not look impressive in my eyes. Um, they, they, they got a good win against Georgia State yesterday. But they went but to three overtimes. They, it, had to, they had to beat them. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that is a team with the way Louisiana's playing right now. They come in for homecoming in your house. That's a game you should win handedly. Absolutely. Um, Troy does not look impressive. They're okay. They're um, good. They're, they're still they're, Troy. They're, 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 they're Troy, yeah. but they are, it's a very... But they're win- not the Troy of it's last a, year. It's a very before. winnable ball game, Correct. especially when they're coming into your house. Correct. Um, that's a game you need to win. And then obviously ULM. They don't look very good either. But they'll always give us um, a game. They'll always give, they'll you, always a game, give you a game. But let, let's let's look at this. Caleb Evans went down with some some kind of injury yesterday. Um, he missed most of the second half against Iowa State. That's a big blow for them. Um, and they also gave up seventy two points. They're 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 keeping they're keeping they're keeping quiet on what the injury is. Um, He's their offense, man. But uh, he's their whole offense. He he came out of the game. You know, early on in the third, and he never came back in. Yeah. So um, whether that was just a hey, you know, we're down twenty something, let's just protect you, or if he's hurt, nobody really knows. Um, he didn't. I, I watched. I watched the clip. I was watching the game a little bit mm-hmm. when when he came out. There wasn't a limp. You know, there wasn't anything like that. Um, but also, it didn't look like he was just willingly, like, hey, let me get out of the game and not come back in. Sure. So. There, there could be something concerning there for the Warhawks, but yeah, like you said, you know, you win two out of the next three, you're five and two going into that that stretch of of three games. Could you potentially in that in the season nine and three? Absolutely. If they're playing like they're playing now and only get better, there's no reason why they can't finish nine. Now let me ask you this: If you finish nine and three, do you host the Sunbelt Conference Championship game? Depends on what App State does or Troy. I think it depends on what they do and if other conference teams can give them a run for their money. Yeah, and you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that and we'll break down the individual statistics from yesterday's victory right after this commercial break here on the Raging Cajun Army. The Raging Cajun Army podcast is brought to you each and every week by Nick Selfo State Farm, conveniently located across from the Petroleum Club at 200 Hyman Boulevard here in Lafayette. Call Nick and his staff for all your insurance needs, whether it be home, auto, life, or health. Three three seven nine eight one six six three eight, and we're back here on the Raging Cajun Army. Matt Miguez and Jerry Abair will get into the individual statistics in yesterday's forty-five to twenty-five victory over Ohio. Jerry Levi Lewis, you know he he looked at times he looked very very confident, very poised, but at times he looked like the shaky Levi Lewis that that we've been seeing a lot, you know, last year and, in, and into the beginning parts of this year. But on paper, he put up another con- fairly convincing performance, 19 of 29, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he did a great job of not throwing any interceptions. Obviously, he had that one fumble on the snap. Um, QBR 44.7, that's not very impressive. But, you know, the the stat line looks, looks solid on paper. What did you see out of out of number one yesterday. Well, if there's anything out of Levi Lewis that I noticed, he's a field general, man. And you can just tell he has this aura about him that the players love and the players rally around. Um, I find that the the short game, anything within 10 yards to 15 yards, especially on pass plays, he's he's money. Um, I find that yesterday, pretty much most passes he made on a rollout, great, awesome. Uh, I think he's done a really good job on design plays. I think he's done a fantastic job um, 
just sort of leading the charge on those little play action fakes where he's able to fake it, roll out, make those little throws out in the flat. He does a really good job passing in the flat. And he does a good job eluding sacks. He's, his foot presence is amazing, getting away from a blitz, getting away from a rush. My only concern, and it continues to be that, is a little bit of the vertical game. And look, I'm not asking him to throw 20 times 50 yards down the field, but I noticed sometimes when he would drop back to throw in the pocket. Now, granted, this is sometimes on the receivers too, right? Um, they have to get open, but I find that it's his decision-making at times where it kind of makes me a little shaky, like, okay, he's sitting in the pocket, he's looking around, he's kind of running around in circles. Sometimes, just throw it away. Yeah, you see. Throw you it away. Would, you, you don't take a sack. Don't try to dance in the pocket. Throw it away. Just, you know, be a little bit smarter there because, you know, sometimes I find when he was throwing in it or trying to drop back in the pocket, he looked a little nervous. He looked a little out of place. Um, I find when he, like, again, the okay, I'll give you an example. He runs a play-action fake. You know, typical play action runs to the opposite end to the left side, throws this 20 yard pass or 25 yard throw out from the left hash into the end zone to Bergeron, and it was dropped in the end zone, right? It was dropped. That was a beautiful throw. I mean, oh, he couldn't have put it, he couldn't yeah, have no. put it anywhere the, else. The, the nicest but, throw he's had all year, and and it was on a rollout, he threw it on a rollout, and so that to me. That's that's Levi. I mean, that's his passing game. He's a great scrambling quarterback. I think he's fantastic on the rollout. I just I just haven't seen uh I get a little nervous about it. I get a little nervous when he's in the pocket because again, it's the decision making. It's not necessarily always where he can't throw down the down the seam because I've seen him make some nice passes on a slant route. He did it last week, made three or four throws last week in the seam, down the seam in the pocket, but it's the decision making. Don't take a sack. Throw the ball away. If you have to run, run. Run no, out of bounds. You know, absolutely. Fall. Run five or six yards and fall down. You know. And I think as time goes on, and look, I think Levi still has a lot of upside left. Um, but I think as time goes on, there's going to be more situations like this and more opportunities for him to be able to grow in those situations. Um, I don't think you know you got. You got some fans that say, "Well, this is the end all, be all. This is this is this is him." I still think he's got a little bit of upside, but I think he needs to be a little bit smarter on his decision making. And look, he's a studious player. He he wants to win. He's hungry. He's like I said, he's got that aura about him on the field. I think we'll see it. I think he's got room to improve, and I think he will. Yeah, and you know, um, we we agreed on the on the you know just sometimes you just got to throw the ball away. Um, and, that, and that's one thing that's concerning. And, you know, the other passing statistic that Louisiana has, Jalen Williams. <laughs> one for one, 16 yards. Some trickery, man. You know, ni- nice little right. trickeration. But, you know, one thing I want to talk about, I'm looking at the stats right here. Nathan Rourke, Ohio's quarterback, 18 of 38, 277 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Very uncharacteristic performance from Rourke. You know, again, we talked about it earlier. He's he's the quarterback that prides himself on being accurate, on taking care of the football, you know, on, on moving his offense down the field. And, you know, whether it was he had a bad day, Cajun's defense played really well, or both, he kind of struggled to do that yesterday for, um, for Ohio. And, you know, rushing, looking at Louisiana, you know, we don't have to spend too much time talking about these guys because – you know, we, we're gonna. Sound, more is there to we're, say? We're gonna sound like a it's broken gonna be like record this every week. It's gonna sound like a broken I mean, record. What's more to uh, say? Elijah Mitchell, seventeen carries, one hundred and forty-three yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> uh, Trey Regis, fifteen carries, one hundred and twenty-nine yards, and a touchdown. 
The one that was kind of surprising was Raymond Colley, and it's just because we didn't really use him. You didn't six, need him. Six, you didn't carries, need him. six carries for 17 yards. Um, he didn't even appear in the passing game. So, you know, like like you said, we didn't need him. But And, you know, Jamarcus Bradley put up another monster performance, five catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Bell had a big game, five catches, 55 yards. Peter LeBlanc danced around in there a little bit yesterday, two catches for 18. Brian Smith Jr. had that one catch for 16. Actually, I think he caught the pass from Jalen Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Williams, two catches for 13 yards. Um, so, you know, there were... Nick Ralston, obviously, with the, with the two-yard touchdown catch. And it was good to see Khalif Gassett play. Gassett uh, coming back healthy. Huge. That was yeah. huge to see him in there and get some catches and, and just get some reps. I think he's going to, as the season goes on, you know, the wear and tear catches up. I think he's going to be a huge asset for that offense and yeah, the receiving ab- core moving forward. Absolutely. You know, Nathan Rourke talking about his passing game. He was also the leading rusher for, the, for Ohio, nine carries, 37 yards. But also trailing right behind him on the stat line is Javari Portis. Nine carries, thirty-five yards, and those two touchdowns Correct. that he that he got for Ohio. So yards-wise, Nathan Rourke might have been the leader, but who was more important to the rushing game for Ohio? I'd give it to Portis. No question. With the no two, question. With the two touchdowns um, in the game, and now you know we'll kind of we'll kind of break off of Ohio a little bit, and we'll look we'll look forward to to Georgia Southern this Saturday. Looking at ESPN, I saw earlier today. Now, for those of you who need the need the time restraint. We are recording here on a Sunday night. Um, looking at the early stat line, I believe the Cajuns opened as a three-and-a-half point favorite. Yeah, and I think they over, still are. Over Georgia Southern. Correct. But also, factor in, you get three points for being the home team. Correct. So it's really a six-and-a-half point for the Cajuns. So the Cajuns are a touchdown favorite in this game. According to ESPN's Football Power Index, they have a 626 percent chance of beating Georgia Southern on the road. You know, looking at looking at the statistics, Cajuns are averaging 46.3 points per game. Just gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. 46.3 points per game. And they're only giving up 20. Yeah. The margin of victory on average is four touchdowns. Yeah. Again, going to let that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Glad glad I got my point across. Total yards of offense. They are averaging 565 yards a game. This offense, I don't care if they're in the Sun Belt. I don't care if they're in the MIAC. I they can be division four. I mean, that's not a thing, but you're getting my point. Sure. 565 yards a game is unbelievably impressive. Right, absolutely. Um, no question about it. And so, and granted, you know, the averages are super high after that dominating performance against Texas Southern. I don't care. I mean, it's just, it's unreal to see the numbers that the Cajuns offense are putting up. And even looking at the defense, I know it kind of sounds like a lot. They're allowing 368 yards a game. That's not really a big deal. Um... You know, that, that's a pretty – 368 total yards for a team. That's about 180 each way. That's not unheard of. You know, that, that's a pretty average performance for an offense nowadays. Um, so, you know, that's that, – that's looking at it defensively, that's a pretty solid statistic. 
Well, in today's college world, you have to expect teams to be able to score to, to score points on you. It's just it's just the way that it is. Um, you know, everybody is saying about how man, you know, sometimes and you're seeing it from even bigger schools. Man, the defense, the defense, and I'm like, look, if the defense can hold you to anywhere less than 20 points or even 24, 25 points or less. You know, even if you give up more than twenty points and you still win, I mean, it's almost like the it's almost what college football has become, because it's such a the offenses the RPO has caused the up tempo, the scoring. I mean, it's just become such a a common th- a common theme now that on defense it's like you're gonna it's almost expected you're gonna give up points. You know, even yeah. the Alabamas of the world are gonna give up points. You just have to prepare for it, and you just have to know how to tame it when it's when it when it counts. Right, right. So, I mean, what the Cajun defense has done, they've done what's been asked of them. They've done what they they've done enough to where it's enough. It's enough to win games. It's enough to win games, and you know, it's it's not as much as it's not as much Cajun teams are out talenting other teams. They're beating other teams up front as well. Um, and they're making plays. Those interceptions yesterday were huge. I mean, you've got Ohio running these up-tempo two-minute offenses trying to catch up, and both of the drives are halted on interceptions. I mean, I can't remember the last time a Cajun defense was able to do something like that consecutively on consecutive drives no, like definitely. they did yesterday at, their, at, at Ohio's place. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that was, that, that's huge. Yeah, That's no, I, I I completely agree. And not only that, non-starters are making plays like that. Yeah. No, and I mean that's crazy. It's awesome. It, but um, it's, it's, it's there, there's there's definitely depth for the Cajuns. Absolutely. And there's, and there's young depth. So looking at the team right now, you can be fairly confident that they're going to be a talented bunch for the next few years. They're deep. They're very deep, and and I love the fact again that new red shirt rule. I know we weren't able to do the episode last week, but. You know, even against Texas Southern, how Coach Napier was able to play, I think close to ninety players, yeah, or something like that. He played over he played 50, four quarterbacks. He played over, I think he played somewhere around like sixteen or seventeen offensive linemen. Yeah. I mean, that's that is so important and so crucial because now you've got guys, some of which are going who are going to be redshirted. Yeah, due and to those, the those guys role. can still get redshirted. They've got experience. I mean, they're getting play time. They're getting experience, and some of them are actually making plays. It's not like they're going in and. Oh, I dropped the pass, or oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just going in just to stand there. They're making plays. They're going in there, scoring touchdowns, making tackles, catching passes, uh, uh, you know, blocking. I mean, they're doing significant. They're making significant strides. So that's really big. I, I'm, I'm very impressed with that, and I'm very excited for a lot of these young guys because they're going to pay dividends in the future for this football team. It's huge. So very pleased with that. And, you know, looking at Georgia Southern, they're only scoring 20 points a game. But, you know, they run that deadly triple option offense. It's hard to stop, it's, man. It's incredibly difficult to stop. You have to be a very disciplined defense in, in order in order to to kind of control to control that game. I just want to remind you that, fun, that funny rant that Nick Saban gave a few years ago when he talked about, uh, you know, big teams overlooking – smaller schools or you know they these they call them the Renowins, right? Right. And he brought up a point about Georgia Southern. He said, Y'all don't remember that Georgia Southern game, right? He you know, and, and he said they 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 ran that triple option and he's like, we couldn't stop him. Couldn't stop him. He said we, we did everything we could. He said we had 
numerous guys that wouldn't play in the NFL on our defense, and we yeah, still and that's, couldn't stop and, them. And I was and just so, about to, I was just about to say that's coming from the defensive guru. Nick Saban, like the granddaddy of all head coaches. I mean, you know, and, and he even said it, like, you, you have to prepare. And there's sometimes if you don't, if you overlook them, you know, good luck. Because prep, that's where you, <laughs> you, prep, can get, you can get uh, some karma thrown back against, at you. Against a team like this, preparation is huge. But also, like I said, the discipline aspect. Um, you have to be able to stay home. You have to be able to... To put a spy on the quarterback, oh, keep them contained. This is a week where you have to pay attention to your, you, your assignments. Discipline and assignment. Oh my gosh. Assignment yes. execution is going to be huge. Absolutely. In this game. And, you know, I, I think that's something that Ron Roberts has, has drilled into the defense. You can tell that, that the assignments have been on point. You know, they get more and more on point as, as the weeks progress. So, you know, I'm, I'm not concerned about the Cajuns. I think that they are going to be prepared for this team. Yeah. Granted, you know, seeing some option yesterday in the game, I think helps. Um, that, grant, was, that was Granted, yeah, it's that not the needed. triple option, but, you know, seeing that option kind of mentality. Mercury, right. Spallier, I, I think I think, sure. I think that helps a lot um, going forward into next week. Now, you know, prediction-wise, I know I don't I, – I know we don't get into this a whole lot. Let's talk what, – what are you seeing on paper, you know – Whatever it may be, how do you see this game turning out? Well, Georgia Southern, they're coming off a bye. Um, they're coming off a bye this week, uh, or the, should I say this last week. And then uh, there's speculation that Shy Wirtz, their starting quarterback of two or three He's years. Hurt. I'm hearing he might be coming back this week, if I'm not mistaken. I could really? be wrong. I could be wrong, but there's speculation that he might be returning. Now, if he comes back, you know, is he going to be 100%? Um, they've they've been they've been playing a freshman quarterback over the past three games since the LSU game. I believe his name is uh, Justin Tomlin. Justin Tomlin. Uh, he's a freshman from Decatur, Georgia, and he's he's kind of similar to Shywerts, just younger, right? Yeah, Less yeah. experienced. Five eleven, one ninety. Can play in that same type of offense. At the same time, um, you know, you're going to their place. Georgia Southern is really good at home. They have, they're just like Ohio, very hostile environment. They don't play in the biggest stadium, but they pack it up. They've got a lot of tradition. They've got a lot, they get a lot of respect from the, from the college football world because of their success in the past. So, you know, the Cajuns have to be ready to go just like they were this week and, and get ready to play, you know, and it's a conference opener too, and, and be able to play in a very tough environment um, and, and clean up their mistakes, clean up the penalties, be more disciplined and, be able to follow their gaps, follow their assignments, especially on defense, preparing for that Georgia Southern offense. If they do what they do on if they do what they did on offense yesterday, limit the penalties and also be more fundamentally sound, they'll be able to put up points on Georgia Southern. I don't have any doubt about that. Um, so I really think that the Cajuns on paper, I do think they're they might I, I think they're a better team, but it's gonna come down to discipline once again. It's gonna come down to the fundamentals. Um, if I were to make a prediction, uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna have to give it to the Cajuns right now. I just un, until I see a defense stop that offense, and the way that the Cajun offense has been moving the football and scoring points at will, I, I, I have to pick the Cajuns to win it. I think the Cajuns win this thing. I think they win it. I'm gonna say 35-24 Cajuns. 35-24. The record's gonna to go to four and one, one and zero in conference. Four and one to come back for that showdown against App State. So I, I think the Cajuns can win this thing next week. I think they will win it next week. I hate to be the downer, but hear me out. I think with the lack of discipline that was shown 
this past week. I think it gets fixed, but not to the degree that it needs to be fixed. Um, and honestly, I think that this young defense is not prepared for a triple option offense like Georgia Southern's. Georgia Southern wins in a close one, 35-31. Okay. Um, I can see it. I want to be wrong. Dear God, you guys know that I'm trying to keep this impartial. Y'all know I'm a diehard Cajun fan. I would love to see the Cajuns win this game. Players, Cajun players, especially if you're hearing this, if you're hearing this, use this for motivation. prove me wrong. Please prove Matt wrong. I'd love to be proved wrong. I will openly admit that I was wrong. But I just, I see Shy Wirtz coming back. Although not 100%, I feel like he does what he does. Um, the, the kid, in my opinion, he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the group of five conferences. Um, I think he can run the ball exceptionally well. I think he has a great decision making. He knows when to give it to the running back, when to keep it. Things like that. He can read defenses very well. I think he puts on a show against the Cajuns' defense, and I think Georgia State escapes. Now, don't get me wrong. It's going to be a close one, and it's going to come down to the end. But I think Georgia State will be able to stay home with a W. Georgia Southern, my apologies. Not not Georgia State. Um, you know, Jerry, before we wrap this up, any any, any last words? Um, just overall, it's been – look, we're, we're already a third – of the way through this, the regular season. Um, the Cajun football team is, they're resilient, man. Um, they've been, a, they've been a lot of fun to watch so far. I noticed they've been opening a lot of eyes, uh, especially people outside of the fan base. Um, if the Cajuns can get this win in Statesboro this week, open up conference play on the road with a victory and come back for a Wednesday night matchup on national TV against App State, that Cajun field can be rocking. It'll be rocking. And look, give kudos to App State, man, going on the road to North Carolina and winning. Yeah, great win place. yesterday. That's a big win. I mean, regardless, I don't think the point spread was too much. At the same time, perception-wise, you went to a P5, uh, you went to a, a P5 stadium, played a P5 program, coached by Mac Brown, a coaching legend, and you won. Right. And so one um, one. I mean, the score didn't show it, but they they won pretty handedly. The fantastic job by by uh, by, by App State, and um, you know, really, I find that the the Sun Belt Conference has actually gotten a little bit stronger. Absolutely, over the past few years, I, um, I think I think it's one of the stronger G five conferences. In it's football. definitely third out of the G five behind um, the the AAC and, and and the Mountain West, and it's I don't think it's that far behind the Mountain West to be honest with you. AAC is a little bit of a runaway for right now because you've got the Central Floridas, who lost, by the way, to Pittsburgh this On week. On the Pitt special. So, so yeah, I mean, the teams are getting better as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the Cajuns just need to focus on themselves. One game at fix, a time. Fix the problems. Fix, you know, correct the, yep. the, the, the penalties. And, and, and I think and what the, the, beauty, the beauty of it all with that is with Coach Napier, you know he's going to focus on that. I mean, even after big wins, Coach Napier is always like, "Well, we got to get better. We got to improve. We got to, you know, we have to w- keep working, keep working." So you know his focus this week is going to be cleaning up the mess of penalties and 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 again, the guys look. They have momentum going into this game against Georgia Southern. They do. So I'm very excited. Uh, I know a lot of my friends and and a lot of Cajun fans are very excited for what this team can show. Um, I, there's always room for improvement, but I'm enjoying the ride right now. Yeah, uh, most. Look, we're three and one. 
We're sitting at it with a three and one record. Haven't been I mean, three and one in seven years. There you go. There you I go. I mean, so. yeah, there, there, there's a lot to be excited about in Cajun Nation. Just keep winning. Um, <laughs> just yeah. keep winning, man. Al, Al Davis said it best. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. There you go. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, a lot to be excited about in Cajun Nation being three and one. Um, but I, I agree with Coach Napier. I think there's a lot to work on. I think there's a lot, a lot of areas we can improve, and um, you know, that'll that'll show coming coming down the stretch in conference. All right, guys, y'all know the drill. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Raging Cajun Army, and you can listen to any and all episodes at soundcloud.com slash Raging Cajun Army. Also, check out my articles on 24-7 Sports and Louisiana Gridiron Football. I usually do a good job of posting them to Raging Cajun. Otherwise, they're on my Facebook page. I'll post them to the Raging Cajun Army Facebook page as well. All right, Jerry, appreciate you having on coming on as always. And um, we'll, we'll talk next week, hopefully and after a Georgia Southern victory. I don't mean to cut you off, man, Matt. I just want to say I know you've been going through some difficult times. Our, our thoughts and prayers are with you and Thank your you, family. Man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, you know, the the out the outpouring of, of love and support was was incredible to see um, because, you know, it, for, for those of you who, who didn't see the post on, on social media, my, my sister was tragically killed last week and um, – you know, due to due to some health issues that she had, she had no insurance. Mm. Um, so the funeral funding had to come strictly out of my parents' pocket. And to be honest, things were things were kind of tight. Um, and this wasn't something that was really going to be in the cards. Um, so we went to the, the the public funding route, and I was so pleased to see the the amount of outpouring, especially from people that listen to the podcast. Um, I, I shared something on the Raging Cajun Army Facebook page, and I can't tell you, I, I saw three or four people that listened to the podcast regularly pitched in a donation, which was incredible to see. And uh, actually, I, I was happy to to see that the funeral was fully funded by by that donations page. So That's awesome, man. Thank you very much to everybody. Um, definitely took the stress off my parents and the time that they didn't need to be stressed. So um, yeah, like like I said, thank you so much for the for the love and support. I apologize for the for the lack of podcasts, but um, you know, time time for life to get back to normal. You know, absolutely. And what better way to get life back to normal than to follow our Cajuns, right? Absolutely, we love our Cajuns. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, like I said, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Email me if you have any questions or concerns. Rage Cajun Army at gmail.com. And until then, we'll talk.